This episode is part of Glendale Library Arts and Cultures and the Southern California Library Cooperatives Be the Change series, which focuses on inclusion, diversity, equity, anti-racism. Be the Change events will build collective understanding of systemic racism, elevate the voices and stories of Black, Indigenous, and people of color, and inspire our community to be the change. Hi, everyone. It's Melissa. And Desiree. Welcome to another episode of Teen Gen Talks, where the goal is to empower the youth of Glendale and connect youth to community resources, individuals, and organizations through interviews and discussions. Today's special guest is Elsa Iris Reyes, who is the proud daughter of Mexican immigrants and is currently on a journey to explore what it means to be Latino in the U.S. through her series of interviews on the podcast, The Latinx Identity Project. Elsa was raised in Cicero, a working class suburb of Chicago, and had big dreams of traveling the world and building a successful career in finance. In 2016, Elsa decided to pack up and leave the cold behind for a new life in Austin, Texas, where she now resides. Elsa hopes listeners of her podcast feel a sense of connection to her diverse guests that share their stories of hope, resilience, success, and resistance to lose what makes them unique. But before we get started, don't forget to follow us on our socials on Facebook and Instagram at LAC, and follow us on Spotify and Apple or anywhere where you listen to your podcast and make sure to give us a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel Glendale Library Arts and Culture where we post the full episodes videos every Friday at 4.30 p.m. So thank you Elsa for taking the time out of your day to talk with us. We have a lot to discuss. Thank you so much for having me. So in your bio, you mentioned a little bit about your podcast, The Latinx Identity Project. Um, can you tell everyone at home more about it and how the opportunity came about? Yeah, uh, it's been a really fun project. It's a podcast that tells stories for us and by us. And it started out in actually almost one year ago. Um, there was just a lot happening where I felt very alone because, you know, we were all in quarantine and there was just a lot of social movement happening that I think was long overdue. Of course, we had the election and so many things. And I felt like I wanted to provide a platform to tell different narratives. Because what happens is our communities get portrayed in the media in a very narrow lens. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of times, um, well, at least I'll give you an example where I grew up in Chicago. I grew up in Cicero and it's a little town like ne- next to it. You could throw a rock and you're in Chicago. <laughs> and I mean, I could see the Sears Tower from my window. It was really fun growing up there now looking back, except for the cold. And um, a lot of times on, on the news, our neighborhoods would be in, would be featured and it would always just be like a pan, like a pan over shot mm-hmm. of just the aftermath of a shooting or uh, a fight or just something really negative and that just becomes overwhelming yeah and I started to realize how much the media can control the way that other people see us even though we don't see ourselves like that or we don't experience those things like not everybody that grew up where I grew up was in a gang or mm-hmm. was getting into those sorts of situations there's people from all walks of life with so many interests and beliefs and ethnicities that it seems unfair to narrow the lens and only show very negative things that are stereotypical and mind you these are Spanish networks that I'm talking about I'm not just talking about like 
Fox News mm -hmm. or ABC7. I'm mm -hmm. talking about Univision, Televisa, all those. So anyway, so I thought, well, why don't I just start interviewing my friends? Um, I graduated in 2008 from Morton East High School, and a lot of my friends went on to college. They got their PhDs. They became engineers. They became uh, grant makers, like just all these different careers that none of us could have imagined. You know, a lot of us are the first people in our family to go to college, uh, to be able to speak both languages fluently, to be able to move almost seamlessly between the two worlds. And so I thought, I think if I show people that this is possible, then maybe we can start to have a real conversation about what representation is and mm -hmm. about how complicated we are even as a community we don't all have the same beliefs like I said you know politically yeah. socially all mm -hmm. those things anyway long-winded way of saying it was a fun opportunity to, to talk to my friends I ended up meeting a ton of people through it and at the end of it uh, the end of last season that I just ended season two I realized the focus really is on representation it's it's representing uh, different perspectives and careers and aspirations and also highlighting that not everybody that's the child of an immigrant or an immigrant needs to cure cancer. <laughs> Some of us are just normal people. It's amazing that you're sharing all of these stories. It's very inspiring. Um, but what is something that you struggled with while preparing to create this podcast? I don't know if other people will be as honest about this, but I struggled a lot with being careful to not control the story. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be sure that my guest would tell their story as they saw it. And that's tricky because I'm also a very organized type A person. So I have <laughs> outlines, you know, I'll have outlines, I'll research the person, I've got bullet points, I've got alternate questions in case the conversation goes a certain way. <laughs> so I've always, I've always tried to develop the outlines either with the guest or vague enough to where it's they're just guiding questions and keep in mind a lot of the people I've had on the show are actors or writers so they already know how to talk they know how to tell their story and those are by far some of my favorite and longest conversations so how do you promote your podcast and what's your process in finding guests to bring on your show it's a great question I'm a one-person shop I actually have a full-time job work in finance. I'm a corporate controller. So I know everybody's like, what? Uh, yes, everyone. If you want a stable job where you can always find work, regardless of economic <laughs> times, be become an accountant. <laughs> yeah. So on the weekends, uh, I'll um, put together Instagram posts and do it that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is word of mouth. So it's really funny, like the people that listen to the show don't follow me online, usually. Uh, or the other way I have found that people find me is they're Googling something for school mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I found this. Like, can I talk to you or can I be on the show? And I say, sure. So I don't really promote it too much because I feel like it would lose some of the authenticity. But the process for finding guests is very, you know, there's not really too much of a defined process because people will just like be ask me can I be on the show like I'll get random mm -hmm. emails and I say sure of course I've never said no to anybody <laughs> um you you mentioned finance um how do you you know juggle both you know your full-time job and then the podcast how do you find that balance 
It's um, it's gotten easier. Uh, so I'm about to hit that year mark. Like, like I said, I have priorities, you know, like um, some parts of the year are really busy at work. And so I know I just can't dedicate as much time. And I try not to get too hard on myself. I know that if I had more time to dedicate myself to this creative process, then, you know, maybe my following would be bigger. Maybe there'd be more downloads, but I try to be patient with myself and, um, and just remember, you know, at the stage of my career that I'm at, there's times where I just have to put more into work than I would have a few years ago. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's just the reality of it, I suppose, but I'm really proud of how it's turned out so far. Do you ever intertwine your knowledge in finance and podcasting? Yes. Um, quite a few of my guests are entrepreneurs and usually I can have a pretty engaging conversation with somebody because in my real job, I advise and manage clients that are small companies, startups. So I know that world really well. <laughs> I know the struggle of being a business owner. A lot of people think like, oh, if you have your own business, it must be so lucrative. It must be so easy. And that's not, that's not true. Um, what is your favorite part of the, all of this? Oh, my favorite part is when I get random messages or emails where somebody tells me something like, I'm so glad I found your show. Or um, I got one recently from this person that said, I've been doing a lot of work on identity mm -hmm. and your show has helped me work through it. And that made me really happy and relieved because there's not really, it's not like a series podcast, right? It's, it's just a bunch of stories. I think as the show has evolved, the guests are still diverse, but the, the narrative structure is more, uh, it's a lot more um, toned up for lack of a better mm. term, if that makes sense. So I really enjoy the fact that the show has gotten a lot more refined and professional and that I have people that will tell me like, oh my God, this is really helping me. Yeah, and I just wanted to take a moment to say that like, um, you know, I recently graduated with a degree in broadcast journalism. And so I really love storytelling. So what you're doing for our community is really inspiring because I think that's why I gravitated toward journalism too, because I wanted to give a voice to the voiceless or a voice to those that don't usually get the spotlight. So I just want to, you know, shout you out and say like, you're doing amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And you're right. Storytelling is so powerful and it's such a part of who we are. When I first started it, I had this thought like, oh, it's going to be like listening to gossip when you're little you know when yeah. all your aunts and uncles are like in the living room or mm -hmm. at the kitchen table and you're just like a kid there with a cup of coffee because for whatever reason you're allowed right. to drink coffee when you're little and you're just like oh that's why that aunt is like that okay mm -hmm. you know I thought how fun would it be if it was like that but with yeah. headphones on you know <laughs> yeah it's it's very um I love it it's very personal and like you know people get very vulnerable but it's it's nice it's stories that need to be told definitely um, and what have you learned about yourself since starting the Latinx Identity Project to now? That it's possible to be more compassionate. I think mm -hmm. I thought, I think if I would have asked myself a year ago, if I thought I was a patient, compassionate person, I would have said yes. There have been times during recording where I'm having a conversation I can't believe I'm able to have. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because sometimes the topics can become very deep, very personal. Um, I've learned that you have to meet people where they are. You can't force uh, people to get to a certain level. Everybody has their own path to healing. And, and because of all the people I've talked to, I've just become way more, at least I'd like to think I'm a lot more patient and self-aware, a, a lot kinder, you know, I think of like cancel culture and I'm like, okay, well, yeah. some people sure burn them. Other people I'm like, okay, come on, maybe they'll grow. <laughs> right. No, yeah, I understand that. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would give someone that wants to start a podcast? Um, don't invest too much money in it. There's a lot of free resources out there, a lot of low cost resources um, and just have fun with it. Just make sure you designate a quiet space to record and be patient with the process. I watched a lot of YouTube videos and one of my good friends that I graduated from high school with uh, <laughs> is now a composer and musician. And she actually wrote one of the first intro songs for me and gave me some tips. That's so, cool. um, so also like be willing to just like open up about it and ask people for advice and you'll get really good at listening to the sound of your own voice that can be kind of weird at, at first right? yeah. <laughs> yes for sure um in your bio you also mentioned how you are a proud daughter of mexican immigrants and i relate to that statement with me being a proud daughter of guatemalan immigrants and at times it's hard for us first generation children to figure out our latino identity so my question is right now at this moment what does it mean for you to be latina in the u.s Oh man, that's such a great question because growing up the word Latina or Latino wasn't a thing for me. Mm. We were just Mexican or Hispanic, right? Mm -hmm. Because my parents came in the 80s. Mm. So they were Hispanic because everybody has to remember where these words come from. Yeah. The word Hispanic was a result of activists back in the 60s and 70s that were like, hey, what the heck, we need something to identify with when we have the census, when we talk about uh, government outreach, when we allocate resources, when we talk about diversity, we need to carve out some way to address this portion of the U.S. population. So that's how that work came about. And then we said, well, Hispanic is really just for people of Spanish descent. So Latino came about. And by the time that happened, I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, how are we all supposed to fall under that? Now, I like it. I think it's a good way to at least have a way to all of us mm. that feel a sense of unity or that feel a sense of camaraderie. I think it's a good way for us to relate because what ends up happening if you are a child of immigrants and you grow up in an immigrant community or you're very close with your family, what happens is you go out into the working world and you immediately feel alone. Hmm. I'm not saying this is true for everybody, but at least it was for me. And the more that I found my people, I was like, oh yeah, Latino, this, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> We're Latinos, like you're from Ecuador, you're from Venezuela, you're from Honduras, Guatemala, whatever. Like we all can at least relate to something. So for the sake of unity, I think Latino is a great, a great term. What it means today, I think it's a political, identity as much as it is a social identity um, I think that we're not monolith and I think the 2020 election really helped to exemplify that I think it's challenging 
Hmm. I think it's challenging a lot because we are so diverse and yet this one word is supposed to unite us, you know? Right. Uh, so I'm super proud, you know, if, if I'm in a room with a bunch of other people, Latina it is. Right. Or Latinx, if people like that too, that's fine. <laughs> I, I like how you brought up unity because I think through the interviews that you have conducted, that's what I felt listening to that, you know, the unity, that there's no... Because yeah, like in our community, there is division. But I think when we come together and share our stories, we have, we feel united. And, and I, that's what, you know, you've done really well with your story. So yeah. Thank you. That makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we end, we have some rapid fire questions to ask. So the first question is, what is your favorite color? Pink. What is something that um, you have been proud to say that you've, you have accomplished? Um, I'm really proud of my career. I'm really proud of it because I never knew that I could pursue this career. I didn't see a lot of people at home that had office jobs, you know, because everybody in my family worked in factories or cleaning or hotels, stuff like that, or service type of industry. And if you would have told me as a kid, like, oh, you know, you can manage the entire accounting function for company I would have been like what does that what does accounting even mean but I'm doing it and I've gotten and I can do it for companies that have international presence uh, mm -hmm. and it's given me the opportunity to travel to meet people from all walks of life and develop relationships with colleagues in Europe Asia Central America Mexico everywhere so I'm really proud of that that's awesome um could you describe yourself as a teenager in three words moody self-righteous if you could have any superpower, what superpower would you have? To slow down time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like it goes too slow. When my sister was here a few weeks ago, I, I was sad that she had to go back. She was only here for a few days and I miss her. And I just want to spend more time with her. If you could have three people dead or alive for dinner, who would it be? Abraham Lincoln, Pancho Villa, and Confucius. Um, what does success mean for you right now? For me right now, it means ending the day and feeling like I accomplished what I needed to accomplish and being able to spend at least some time with my dog and my husband and being grateful for the home we've, we've built together. What is a book that you have recently read or cur currently reading that you would recommend? Oh, um, so on the podcast, I had an author who was by J.L. Torres and he wrote a book and it's an anthology. Um, of a lot of perspectives and stories, mostly of um, children of immigrants from the Caribbean, mostly from Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, even Hawaii. And um, I recommend it. It's a really quick read. I read it, I think I read it over one flight. Thank you so much, Elsa. We learned a lot about you. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to sit down with us and talk. Can you let everyone at home know about any upcoming projects and where they could connect with you? Yeah, so upcoming projects. I'm about to start recording season three of the Latinx Identity Project. If you want to be on the show, you should totally reach out. You can follow me and message me on Instagram at the Latinx Identity Project. You can also email me at latinxidentityproject at gmail.com and follow me and listen to me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, most places you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. We really appreciated this. Yeah, thank you.
Thank you.